prices have been down and staying down. I think everyone's just feeling a little bit depressed about that at the moment. What are your thoughts on this, Will? I'm pretty happy about the prices because in my mind, I think we're in a bull market. And so when I see Bitcoin going down, I just get really happy. I'm picking up Bitcoin and a whole bunch of other things. But I guess we'll talk about the price later. What's really cool is uh, friends, like it's going viral and uh, everyone's kind of crazy about it. $35 million traded and 100,000 Twitter followers. It's What do you think about it, Simon? I think Frentech has at least been the first really successful Web3 social media platform that's been out there. I think we've talked about Lens Protocol before, which has got a lot of really cool ideas, but hasn't really taken off, hasn't really captured much audience. Whereas Frentech has come out of nowhere and taken off. And I guess it's been able to do that because it allows large Twitter influencers to monetize their following in so many ways. So I think that's why it's really taken off and really gone really quickly up the Twitter rankings and up the revenue rankings. It's a really interesting idea. I also like it because the value proposition is so simple. It literally says, just click here, put it on your phone and puts a little bit of ETH in it. And suddenly you have yourself tokenized and you can also tokenize your friends and speculate on influencers. And it's a really smooth experience when I was trying it out. It was really cool. I got pretty excited. And, uh, and I think, this is something that other projects need to learn. I don't want to go to my browser and figure out my MetaMask and just clunk around and try and figure things out, bridge my tokens to somewhere else. Frentech was super easy to use. I think I'll set up in five to 10 minutes, if that. And I think this is something that crypto projects need to get right. It's the offer and then the UX. They need to do a lot of work on that. And I think that's something that Frentech has gotten right the first time around. Yeah, and imagine if Frentech had a fiat on-ramp as well, because you've still got to transfer some Ethereum or you've got to bridge some to base and transfer it, but at least they allow you to just transfer directly on Ethereum and they bridge it to base for you, making that user experience far easier. But fiat on-ramp directly, that would allow so many more people to just get into it. They're not caring about how to do all these other things to get into these Web3 applications. So I think I'm sure they're working on that. If they can build that to the space, that brings a lot of non-crypto people to the space. It's going to be really cool once they get the Android and iOS apps out because right now it's kind of like a bookmark on your phone that works both on Android and iOS. But once they've got the apps themselves, that's going to be pretty cool. One challenge they have, though, is regulation. And where it is, they change the word buy shares in your friends to buy keys to get access to your friends because there is some sort of aspect of... Uh, trading there when you say it's shares and once you say shares that's the sec perking their ears and the app stores as well so they've got to be pretty careful and if they can manage to stay on the app stores then they probably have something good going well currently you're talking about the app stores there but Frentech has specifically gone on ios and gone around the app store so it basically uses safari which i don't use on my phone because i just prefer other other internet browsers, but you need to use Safari and it creates a link on your iOS device, which just goes to the web page. And so they've gone around the app store. And the reason they've gone around the app store is because all this trading that takes place, mm-hmm. if that was on a normal app on the iOS device, Apple would take 30% of that. And so they've avoided Apple's 30% tax basically by creating it the way they've created it. So it's been very clever of them because I don't think people would uptake this thing so much if so much of the money was just going straight to Apple. And it would obviously just put 
everything more expensive on it. So there's a specific reason why they went the way they did to avoid the App Store, which is very clever. So maybe either Apple is going to shut down that window to get around them, or maybe other people will start doing it quickly and Apple has to rethink its tax that it's putting on people. Kudos to them. I think one thing that we're really missing in this day and age is a decentralized App Store. And once that happens, I think all bets are off because Apple and Android would lose control of the gatekeeping. It means there's a little bit more risk, but it also means that they can't stop some things that shouldn't be stopped. And once everyone has a monopoly and they can control the gates, then, I mean, absolute power corrupts. And so this is what Apple and Android have right now. And I think there's solutions out there that are being built to, to decentralize the whole web, to decentralize identity, but even decentralized phone app systems. If I ever get something that works almost as good as Android, but it's decentralized, I'm probably going to take it. And I, I do want my own app store. I don't want to be restricted because Apple doesn't like crypto. That's that's absurd to me. <laughs> but some people don't like that. Well, well I, I know you're not a crypto shiller there, mate, because you spoke so much about having a decentralized version of Apple or Google, and you never once mentioned the Solana phone, which is doing exactly that. It's a decentralized phone that allows you to gain access to all these you know, projects on Solana at the moment. But I know the Solana CEO has talked mm -hmm. a lot about integrating Ethereum into it as well, but obviously they are just focusing on Solana at the moment. So there is an option out there. You can go get the Solana phone, mate. There, there we go. And that that's an option. I actually hadn't thought of that. If I remember when it came out a couple of months ago, I thought, yeah, that would be really interesting. And I've seen updates about it recently. So it looks like it's it's doing all right. And then hopefully, hopefully it hopefully it gets better uptake and hope I hope it starts to make a lot more money because once this happens, other people can see they can make their own money by creating their own phones and and there we go. And Android is an open source system, so a decentralized form of that would be fairly, I suppose, easy enough to change and update. And once that happens, I am in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's move on to the other really big news. Kind of, I feel the only big news of the week, which is Pepe, our most favored meme coin of 2023. What happened with Pepe, mate? The price has tanked for some quite significant reason. It looks like a fire sale, and I've been such a big fan of Pepe since it came out. But the problem is that the treasury in Pepe has been drained, and we're talking about uh, trillions of Pepe tokens. Now, usually in these crypto projects, you have a whole bunch of people in control of the treasury. Typically, it's on NoSysAfe or something like that. And to move any amount of the tokens, you need five signatories out of eight to kind of agree and move the tokens. But now what's happened is that uh, you can see it online in the smart contracts that two people have signed up on the tokens and they've moved all of these trillions of tokens of Pepe into different exchanges. That's kind of crazy. That's freaking out everybody. There might have been a, a disagreement in the background. We still don't know. It literally just happens. But what's happened is that once people saw this, the price just started crashing. And I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I'm. Mm. It's a very interesting one, I guess, because the multi-sig changing from needing five people to authorize you know, a transfer to two kind of all happened at once. And then immediately after that, you know, it was about $15 million worth of tokens started going to exchanges. So clearly something's happened. 
and somebody wants to sell a whole pile of Pepe tokens. Mm. I don't think we've really I wonder, the, Yeah, go ahead. I wonder if this is the ultimate rug pull where it didn't happen immediately, but it waited a while, it bided its time, got into exchanges, got everybody confident in trading, and then decided to sell them. Could that be, or could it be something else? What do you think? It could be, but I'm just having a look at the graph now. Hmm. Well, it's it's only happened fairly recently, and if they were going to, to dump, it would dump harder. Hmm. I would have thought hmm. it's only gone down 10%. So if they were really rug pulling and they were dumping $15 million worth of tokens onto the marketplace, there wouldn't be enough liquidity to buy that up that quickly, I would have thought. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know if it's a rug pull. Don't know if it's a takeover. It doesn't look good. So I think people are, are fairly worried. So I'm going to watch the graph, sure, see if it, it dumps more. Yeah. The crazy thing is that even as it's dumping, I'm looking at the volumes and the volumes are going up, meaning that the there's agreement on the current price. If people do want to sell at that price, the, the volume will be going down. But what's been happening since three or four hours ago is that the volume has been going up and the price has been going down. To me, that spells a little bit of danger. But at the same time, I can almost smell opportunity in that I do need to keep an eye on this. And there might be some good news at the end of this, in which case Pepe has some ways to go. Uh, my ideal scenario would be to see it drop down to the original prices and I want to pick up that good news early and pick it up if if it is good news. <laughs> but, what are original prices in your mind, mate? It's not going down oh. to fractions and fractions of cents. It's probably too big for that. <laughs> that's that's what I'd love to see, but it's probably I don't know. I, I, sit, I sit there and think that, you know what, I think Pepe, unless this really turns out to be a, a complete and utter rug pull and they're dumping everything at the moment, I think Pepe's got to that escape velocity where it's a big enough meme that could probably survive this unless there is something really going wrong with the guys who are running it and who have access to all this money because there could be more of them to sell. I, I'm steering clear of it for now. I'll just watch the fireworks from the sideline. For me, Pepe was it, never a good, solid, long-term investment for me anyway. So I'll watch. It wouldn't be the first time that uh, crypto has hit some sort of drama and um, yeah, and, and this has happened. So I guess we've just got to wait and watch and see. Um, and I, I I would be tempted to pick some up uh, depending on how the price goes and depending on how the news gets, I, I could pick some. There you go. Speaking of picking something up, the prices, mate, they are, they're not picking up. The prices <laughs> we've had, we've had the dump and we've kind of decided that 26000 uh, Bitcoin in what 1600, 16, something between 1600 and 1700 ETH is the price yeah. that we're currently happy with it sitting at. What are your thoughts on, on price action at the moment? I think the CEO of Bitcoin needs to do something about these prices. <laughs> but, but, um, no, but, but on a serious note, it's, it's, we, we had kind of predicted this a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe even back to a month in that uh, seasonally that um, that Bitcoin does tend to go down during these months. And so when I look at it, I think everything is kind of happening as it should. It's been a little bit more bearish than expected, but prices are probably still going to keep going down. And 
And my personal prediction, according to the indicators that we use, is that uh, start of September, we're going to start seeing less sell pressure and uh, more of an upswing. So I think this is normal. This happens every year, and I'm just picking up more tokens. How about you, Simon? Yeah, well, we've always said that we're going to be range-bound for this year, and we've always said there's always chances of going down. I still am very strongly opinion that we're not going to be going down to the previous lows. I don't think we're going to test that far. We're still in the range. Could we go back down to 20,000 Bitcoin? Sure, absolutely. And as you said, this is a seasonal time for when prices don't do well. I think September, Bitcoin's never had a green September ever. Mm. So mm. keep that in mind that we're about to start September, historically the worst performing month of Bitcoin because it's never mm. gone up in September. So mm. will this time be different? Sure. But will it be drastically different? I doubt it. So, yeah. you know, use that knowledge you know, to make your plays. For me personally, you know, because I'm still dollar cost averaging in, I'm actually deciding to just pause my dollar cost average for this week because most of my money is committed anyway, but I'm willing to take that bet that I think that September is going to be a little bit worse. So I'm just pausing my dollar cost averaging for maybe a week or two to see if mm -hmm. that theory plays out. And if not, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with missing out on some of these lower prices. But if I see it, you know, start rocking back up soon, I'll just turn it back on and be okay with that. Same here, Simon. I'm just dollar cost averaging. And I've also put a bit of a pause to it and I'll probably just wait for another week or two, see how the market looks like and then start, start getting back into the market. And it's these, I think, slower plays that do real well. And it's so difficult to day trade. But then once you've got a handle on how these tides work in the longer term, then the crypto market becomes predictable in a sense. And it's not as scary. There's some people freaking out there thinking, oh my God, it's going down to zero. But once you see how these flows work, generally you can kind of understand them. And it's just, and we've got our rules. So the price is going down, pick it a little bit up more. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think this is still, you know, the best time people will be getting into the market, even though people are starting to feel scared and the price will go further down. It might not though as well. So you need to have you know, a reasonable position made by now, I think, because it may go back up and it may not come back down at its price again. And you've got to make that decision. Are you happy and okay with that? And as I said before, I'm happy to pause my dollar cost averaging because most of my money is already committed into the market. And if the price goes back up now and I've missed out on that little bit more I could have bought now, I'm okay with that because I'm already fairly well into the market. But just expecting to hold all your money back for new lows is probably a bad idea. Yeah. DCA is a magic word. All right. Well, I think that ends us for the weekly round this week. Fairly slow news week, I felt, in general. So let's leave it there, Will. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Simon. See you next time.